Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Bulls fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast presented to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Mark Kay from Australia, joined as always by the one, the only, the GOAT, William Gottlieb. How are you, sir? I'm feeling underdressed, but I'm happy to be here. We got less than 24 hours until the trade deadline, and you know I'm going to act irresponsibly, so I'm very excited to be here. That's that's what I want to hear. That's exactly what I hear. What I hear, what I want to hear as well. And we are also joined by our the man on the button, Lawrence Law on the draw as well. So shout out to him as well. But uh, yeah, you're you're right, William. There there's Law. Uh, this is our pre trade deadline special. So we're uh, it's all serious business here. It's time. We, it's time for we the deals. A, we're entering the deal zone. So we, <laughs> we take a time out before we fully enter the deal zone and just talk about what you're wearing and why. The well, I'm just, it's, just, it's just business time. It's time to get it's serious. There's less than 24 okay. hours until the trade deadline. It's time to do some deals. I'm ready to do some oh. deals. AK, if you need my assistance, I'm, uh, I'm ready. Oh, I'm here to do some deals. So we need to look our best. If we look our best, we're ready to do some sweet deals. So that, that, that's the, the vibes I'm putting out there, the energy I'm putting out there. Um, or at least I'm hopeful that that's what's happening here. Um, I'm getting some comments here and <laughs> getting some comments in here in the, in the YouTube comments suggesting I look more like a, you know, an agent from Men in Black or an FBI agent or something of that nature. So maybe I'm, I'm giving off the wrong sort of vibes, but nonetheless, um, yeah, it is, <laughs> it is what it is. But nonetheless, we're going to be talking obviously trade deadline. This, this, this entire podcast is pretty much going to be dedicated to the trade deadline, what's coming up. Uh, the latest rumors that have been circling around on Twitter's broken at the moment. So maybe things have, uh, Maybe things have actually happened and we just don't know about it because Twitter, Elon just ruined Twitter and he's going to ruin the deadline for us. But hopefully he, him and his minions get that sorted soon. But uh, yeah, we, we're effectively just talking all deadline, whether it pertains to the Bulls, to the NBA more generally, all those sorts of things. Uh, we'll hit on the rumors first. We'll get into some some great fake, uh, fake trades that William and I have come up with and then maybe end the show with a few predictions in terms of what we actually expect to happen. But before we continue on, Obviously, give us a like, do all that sort of fun stuff. Wherever you're watching us, viewing us, doing all those sorts of things, hit us up with some likes, some uh, some nice um, some, some nice comments would be would be good to hear as well. That that always gives us a little bit of an extra pep in our step as well. But also, you guys, William, you, Matt, and Dave, have a an exciting trade deadline show lined up uh, tomorrow. Well, I think one p.m. through three p.m. You guys will be one live. to three p.m. Yeah, live. We're going to be. It's one hour until the end of the deadline which is at 2 p.m central and then one hour after so we're going to be reacting to trades as they come in we're going to be breaking it all down after and it's going to be a lot of fun and then we got arturis talking post deadline before the next game we got pre-game and then we got post game so big day tomorrow both on and off the court we're going to have a lot of fun so keep it tuned in to chgo on youtube yeah 
big, big day, big day tomorrow for a number of reasons. Obviously, trade deadline, but obviously here on CHDO, we're doing a number of shows. So we've, as, as we'll know, the t- trade deadline show, pre and post game. So huge Bulls day tomorrow. So obviously, come back to us and uh, watch on YouTube, listen to Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. Uh, support us, friends. Uh, we 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 certainly appreciate it. But let's dive into the show, William. I. I didn't think there was going to be much to discuss, to be honest with you. And, and maybe there's not necessarily a lot to discuss from a Bulls point of view, but it's seemingly a lot of stuff happening around the Bulls, which may, I, don't, I guess, have a, a tenuous link to the Bulls, I suppose, which we can get into. But um, should we start with some of the news that Shams has been dropping over the last sort of, well, half an hour, an hour again, before when Twitter was working, I saw these things sort of come through. Maybe, maybe the trades actually uh, happened. Let's start somewhere else me. real quickly, actually. And okay. just give a shout out to the NBA's all-time leading scorer, LeBron James. We didn't really have a chance to hit on it last night in post game. We don't really have to get into it, but just like incredible accomplishment. I know there's a lot of Bulls fans that still hate him. I know there's a lot of Bulls fans that are salty about the MJ debates. I know there there's conversation about just how much LeBron kicked the Bulls' ass over the 10 years that he played against them. And all that is true, but it, I think, speaks to his greatness and dominance. We don't really have to get into it too much more, but that is a monumental achievement in the NBA, the sport that we all love, that we're all here to talk about. And uh, it's cool that, that it kind of sets the stage for the trade deadline. But we can uh, use that to transition, unless you have anything to add there, Mark, into today's news or lack thereof. Well, look, I mean, it's... LeBron breaking the record's cool and all, but uh, I don't know if it's good enough to to just go off script here. I didn't have it in the rundown, William. So um, please, please. That's why I just wanted to give it a quick shout. You know, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but you gotta you gotta call. Scoring record's cool and all, but uh, is is it good enough to really divert from the actual conversation here? <laughs> I don't think so, William. I don't. This think is so. the, trade the trade slot. The trade deadline slot. That's that. That's what we're really here for. So. Uh, maybe you can tell the people about um, the latest from Shams and then we'll get into a few other bits and pieces here. But l- l- let's start there with uh, the, the proposed or potential three-way deal that's sort of brewing at the moment. We we are in the deal zone per Shams, uh, verified by Woj that the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves are in discussions. Nothing has been finalized yet, but in discussions on a deal that will send D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, and draft compensation to the Jazz, and Mike Conley to the Timberwolves, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, also potentially part of this deal. Um, Super interesting stuff. I think, for one, Beasley and Vanderbilt were high on my list of potential Bulls targets, so that removes them from the playing field. Uh, I think there are some other implications on uh, as far as, like, how this affects the Bulls, uh, which is kind of interesting because it's three Western Conference teams. But uh, just on his face, I mean, it seems like this could be a really good value play for the Lakers for me. Um, Does not seem like they're going to be giving up both their 2027 and 29 picks. Uh, They're going to get what seems to be like three really good players, three like real rotation guys that make them better immediately. And it saves them uh, a lot of money in the offseason and still potentially allows them to go out and get Kyrie, their guy who they you know, wanted all along. So I think this is a really nice piece of business for them if everything comes together the way that it seems like the reporting indicates. But, uh, you know, then the Timberwolves also get off of D'Angelo, who they probably don't want to pay. They get a little bit cheaper and a more, um, you know, traditional point guard who can also play off of Anthony Edwards. 
And then obviously Danny Ainge is collecting draft picks. So I think this actually makes sense all around. It's kind of a one of those rare win-win wins. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, it does make a lot of sense. I mean, the whole Westbrook to Utah thing was a, an undercurrent and a narrative that's been sort of around for for a long time and it, and, and it made complete sense for the, for the reasons you noted. I wasn't necessarily expecting D'Angelo back to Los Angeles, but uh, Conley in Minnesota makes a lot of sense given that, that that team, that young team probably needs a little bit more experience on the perimeter and his combination with Gobert makes a lot of sense as well. So to your point, just across the board, it kind of makes a lot of sense. And naturally, where my mind went when I was reading this was, uh, what does this mean for the Bulls? And Sham sort of continued tweeting on this on this topic and uh, mentioning that there's ongoing dis- discussions that have included uh, Malik, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt as part of the deal as well in some shape or form. Um, whether that happens in this three-teamer, maybe they extend it to four teams. Who the, hell's, who the hell knows? Maybe things get crazy. Can we get a five-teamer going at the deadline? Who knows? But essentially... A lot of these nice role guys who I sort of identified on the Jazz that I would like to see on this Bulls team, uh, which we'll get to in the in the in the upcoming segment, like that more that just might go away. Obviously, if this deal happens, that might go away. Similarly, one of the biggest deals, well, fake deals, I'd say that we've we've discussed ad nauseum, as has virtually every other podcast that has existed in mankind, is the uh, the Zach Levine for West uh, Russell Westbrook and a couple of picks from the Lakers type thing. Obviously, if Westbrook is traded. Uh, in this particular deal, if the Lakers give up one of the, the one of their future picks, whether it's the twenty-seven or twenty-nine, then obviously that whole thing with Levine and Westbrook, and I say thing, even though it's not necessarily one, uh, obviously that dies a, a sweet and beautiful death pretty quickly. So um, even if the Bulls aren't necessarily involved in these deals, let's say, or the permutations of these deals, uh, there are connections of how it relates to the you know what the Bulls do thereafter. So that's where mine mine typically went straight after. Did you have similar thoughts at all, or maybe you did you have any Bulls thoughts connected to these specific deals? Yeah, for me, it was all about who's left on the market that could potentially be interested. So my thought heading into this trade deadline was that the Raptors were going to you know hold all the cards. They were going to be the ones that decide what happens with the rest of the league as far as trading, you know, Van Vliet, Gary Trent, OG Ananobi, I think is the big one and Siakam, who it seems like they're not going to be moving. But, you know, if a team like the Pelicans or the Grizzlies who are rumored to be interested in Ananobi make a trade for one of those guys, it, it changes, you know, what the strategy of some of these other teams are going to be. Are they now going to get a little bit desperate and make a play for somebody else on the market? Uh, then we saw the Kyrie thing happen and that was one of the potential suitors for Zach Levine. Um, so now do the Lakers get a little bit desperate that they didn't get their guy? Well, maybe, but it turns out that they went and got D'Angelo Russell. So I think the market for buyers for what the Bulls could potentially be selling just got a little bit smaller. I think it got smaller on Sunday when Kyrie got traded. It got a little bit smaller again today. Um, not to say it couldn't happen. Obviously, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it does affect the market it affects who might be willing to give up what and sort of changes the landscape. Now, some of these players are out of the bidding, so to speak. And I think that really impacts the rest of the league, but also obviously the Bulls and, and what they're able to either buy or sell, depending on which direction they go. Yeah, completely. And I, I want to touch on a, a, uh, a report from Jake Fisher shortly, um, which sort of references this idea of, you know, if, if a team deals with someone, uh, that the Bulls potentially may have interest to, to another team. Obviously, that, that player no longer becomes relevant for the Bulls. But before we pivot, let, let's stay on this Lakers or potential Lakers, uh, Jazz, and Wolves three-teamer. Uh, I'm not surprised that this has happened. You've, you've contributed to this. 
But this idea of Russell Westbrook going to Utah, so obviously not going to stay in Utah. There will be some sort of buyout arrangement in place, you would imagine. Uh, and typically, where, where, where does everyone go with this? Where did you go with this, William? Maybe you can tell went people the... you went with this because I'm sure a lot of people had very similar thoughts of which those thoughts bothered me internally. But um, maybe you can express them here and you know I can uh, react, to that, <laughs> react to that stupid tweet of yours that I saw. I went and I grabbed my canister of gasoline. I dumped it on the floor. <laughs> I took a matchbox. I lit it, dropped it, ran away. Uh, by j- just tweeting that Billy Donovan obviously coached Russ for multiple years <laughs> in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, the fact that Russ could get bought out by the Jazz could make him available. The Bulls are rumored to be interested in, interested in upgrading their point guard and their point guardsmanship. And uh, the fact that Arturis Karnaschovas on the media day of this past season said that relationships win championships. So, you know, just going full full agent of chaos here. <laughs> a different kind of agent, a different kind of agent. But, uh, you know, like we got Peter C in the comments here essentially pointing out the same thing that uh, Westbrook being bought out by Utah is the one that he's looking out for. That uh, you mentioned that the Bulls have been linked to the idea of not necessarily being sellers at the deadline, but potentially being buyers. And if so, maybe they go after a guard. Uh, I'm assuming, obviously, if they go after a guard, that means no Lonzo, which is a safe assumption at this point. But nonetheless, if they go uh, guard shopping, whether that's via trade, um, maybe that doesn't make sense based on uh, what what teams are asking for or whoever it is they're, they're sort of clamoring for like i said i would have liked to see my my conley uh, conley come through uh, i've got a tra- fake trade on that a little bit later on but um oh, yeah I don't, maybe you're right <laughs> i would i would hate for you to be right in this instance that maybe the bill connection with tell, the tell people why you're so anti because i tweeted this as a joke as i yeah. have been doing and maybe that's irresponsible but i i just wanted to stir the pot and uh some people had the same reaction that you did which was please no oh god no please no and some people were like, yeah, Russ, let's yeah. let's get after it. So why are you so anti? Well, this this is a surprising thing to me. Like I had a, I had a, a tweet on this as well, as I, as I want to do. Like I just expressing my displeasure for, for Westbrook or the idea of Westbrook. And I was kind of shocked to see how many, and by how many, it wasn't really that many <laughs> to be fair. It was, it was a few people that are magnifying or amplifying to being thousands of people but nonetheless I, I do believe the sentiment would be out there that if, if you could get westbrook as a free agent you know you don't need to get trade anyone trading anyone out it's literally just a free agent signing um you, you, I, I, to the are the bulls roster spots complete if they are obviously you just wave someone like tony yeah you have to wave tony bradley or simonovich and um i think they're one and a half under the luxury tax so there's obviously problems yeah. there too yeah. but uh you know you could do a salary dump trade Bulls don't care about second rounders, so they may as well use one to get rid of some salary. Maybe something happens there. So, but it's not just like an easy one for one absorb. Yeah. So, look, as to answer your question, why I wouldn't want to be about it, uh, look, I'll, I'll make this very clear. Um, I have biases here. I know I pissed off for some people last week with the whole Kyrie takes, and I'm being too uh, too emotional about it. Um, but I'm also not a Westbrook guy. Okay. I've never been a Westbrook guy. The way he plays irritates me. Uh, he might be one of the lowest IQ players in the NBA. I love his energy. I love his tenacity. I like all those things. But what made him great back in the day is what is the exact thing that's making him terrible right now. 
Uh, and I understand he's been coming off the bench in LA. Would that be the case in Chicago? I couldn't imagine that being the case here. I would imagine he would want to start. But nonetheless, like irrespective of like his role on this team, he just addresses nothing this team needs. Like clearly not a three-point shooter. Maybe one of the worst defensive players in the NBA. Doesn't help spacing at all. Like, what, what are we doing here from that standpoint? Like, having a backcourt of what uh, Russell Westbrook and Zach Levine might be the lowest IQ backcourt, starting backcourt in the NBA. And, like, I just don't understand why we would do it at this point. Like, I would rather give minutes to Io, see what you've got there, try to get those reps in. He's been playing a lot better of late, um, particularly because you're going to have to pay Io. Let, let, let's see how he finishes it out this season. Similarly with Kobe, like, Kobe has been playing better this season you kind of need to work out exactly what you're doing with him. If you bring him Westbrook and you're giving him 25, 30 minutes a game, he's inevitably going to take those minutes away from Io and Io and Kobe. And then what are you doing with Caruso as well? Like, and I mean, is, is Westbrook even better than, I mean, maybe he's marginally better than Dragic at this point. Uh, clearly more talented, but I don't know if you, from like a, a net rating point of view or an actual production effectiveness point of view that he's actually that much better. But I just don't like it at all. Uh, I'm sure some people completely disagree, which is fine, but I I, I hate this deal. It, I disagree. Deal, but I hate it. You hate the idea of it. I disagree I on one point, which is like preserving minutes for guys. The Bulls don't have the luxury of like saying, well, we need to make sure Io gets his 25 minutes a night or make sure that we preserve, you know, 30 minutes for Patrick. Like they just need better players. They need to move those guys into positions that make more sense for the team function. And if that means adding talent, like they got to do it. So if they can find talent, I have no problem with that. I agree with you hundred percent that like the point guardsmanship that the bulls need is not the point guardsmanship that Russ offers. Uh, he would be a talent upgrade, but I'm just not sure adding another non-shooter um, somebody who does sacrifice, uh, you know, not necessarily basketball IQ, but like taking care of the basketball, which is something that the Bulls need to do if they're going to be as low volume, a three-point shooting team as they are. So I, I think that the fit is just not that great, but there aren't a lot of options out there. I don't really know if the Bulls are going to be able to do anything in the buyout market and maybe Russ doesn't even make it that far, but uh, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be my first choice. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and look, if 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 for me, if if, if the decision was uh, Westbrook or nothing, I, I'm taking nothing. I'm getting comfortable with nothing. I'm bringing nothing in the bed and making myself with that. Uh, I want nothing to do with Westbrook. Uh, that's my official stance on the matter. So apologies again if that's um, if you don't agree. Maybe maybe uh, maybe real hoop at Twitter or something like that dis- yeah, disagrees with me. But nonetheless. I don't want him on Chicago. We've still got plenty more to get on this. There's a few other things that I want to hit on first, but maybe we do some ad reads first, pay the bills, and let's start with our good friends at Goose Island, Goose Island Beer Company. So if you're not aware, friends, Goose Island is now our beer here at CHTO. So it's our beer here in CHTO. It's been Chicago's beer since 1988, and importantly, they have just a fantastic roster of beers lined up. They have the Black Hawks Pale Ale. You've got your Bull City 312 limited release, uh, limited release which actually has the 22-23 uh, City Edition uniforms printed on the can. How cool is that? Go grab it. Go get. Go grab that to obviously down the beer, but then you've got like a, a memento there to keep for years to come. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of other range of, of just beautiful, beautiful beers to get down your gob. But uh, importantly, like they also have fantastic tap rooms and brew houses all around chicago where you can get 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 across there with your mates have a beer 
enjoy yourselves, enjoy yourselves, obviously responsibly, but have, you know, have an, just have a fantastic time drinking some beers. And I can't wait to when I get to Chicago and get a chance to get to Goose Island to get to get to one of their, you know, brew houses or tap rooms. There's one at 1-800 West Fulton. There's, there's one on Cl- the, the Clyburn uh, brew house is at 800 North, I believe as well. Good pronunciation uh, of Clyburn this time. Oh, did I pronounce it wrong last time? Well, this right. This yeah, time. somebody was getting on you in the comments. I had to. Had oh, to look, I apologize, in. friends. The number of times I have to listen to you guys butcher Australian words, or you know, the, the number, <laughs> the, the, our cities, and those sorts of things. You, you can live with me doing it once, okay? But nothing. Uh, just, anyways, back to the ad. I can't wait to get over to Chicago and and down some Goose Island beers, William. I want to have a beer with you at the Goose Island Brew House, and everyone listening. Everyone tuning in on the YouTube comments. I hope you guys can come down and have a beer with us. So uh, grab yourself a Goose Island beer. Support us here at CHTO. And uh, we hope that you do with a, a nice cold Goose Island beer. William, can you tell our friends about DraftKings? NBA fans, it is time to bring the hoops action in the palm of your hand with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you will get a bonus bet back. I have a small same-game parlay for you guys. I know it's not Tuesday, but... I'm looking at these games tonight, and I'm thinking Celtics 76ers is going to be a pretty good one. So I'm parlaying points, rebounds, assists over Jason Tatum, 44.5, and over 46.5 for Joel Embiid. Um, as we always say, fade me. I'm terrible at this stuff. But I just feel like you know, no Robert Williams. Uh, Al Horford's questionable. Marcus Smart is out. Embiid's got a real good chance to put up some huge numbers. And without a ton of help, Tatum's going to have to do the same. So it's just a fun way to watch basketball, cheering for stats, cheering for high volume. I'm, I'm going for it tonight, and I hope you will either fade me or follow me. Uh, but to do either one, you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code CHGO. New customers bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and use promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's talk some more trades. I just want to quickly jump in here about the uh, wonderful DK app. My favorite bet recently is every night in the NBA, they do a bet where if you take the money line of a team, it's, it's like a, if your team leads by 10 at any time in the game, it cashes immediately. So last night, what did I do? Who did I take? Hmm. How about the Thunder? How about the Thunder on the road in LA? No. And when they went up by 10 in the third quarter as LeBron was getting his record, boom. Hit that at plus 220. That's 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 just good good gambling by me. Uh, so, and if you didn't hit it, you get $200 in free bets instantly. Well, well that's, that's when you just – make your initial bet, which is fantastic because it gives you eight $25 bets. I rode mine up to like 175 bucks initially. Now I'm over, I'm at $327. Shout out to LeBron for getting the, uh, getting it last night. That was on my list. 
Shout out to Giannis on Saturday for the triple double at plus eighteen hundred. Let's go, Law. Let's do this. All right, back to the show. With all that money that Lawrence has earned now, he can buy himself a cool, fashionable suit, and uh, he can turn up to the next podcast with us in a uh, in a beautiful suit. Uh, and he can thank DraftKings for all that. So uh, there you go, friends. Let's get back to the trade deadline stuff. Um, we're gonna we're gonna hit on some more bull stuff uh, soon in terms of source stuff, or not that not that there is much. But before we do that, let's have some fun. Let's do some fake terrible trades that William and I have come up with um, that probably will not happen <laughs> because why would they? The Bulls aren't doing anything. But anyway, if they were to do something and we were in control, here's some terrible ideas that we've thought of that we want to share with everyone. Uh, well, let's start with yours first, William. Which one would you want to bring up first? We've got about six or seven to get through here. Uh, we'll try to zip through each of them. Um, well, let's start with you because you, you are the chaos agent, as you've noted before. We've got, which, which one do you want to start with first? One of your more... Let's- uh, easy, you know, respectable ones, or do you want to go full chaos first? Like, wh- where are we going? No, no, I, I'm going full chaos first. We talked about it last night on pregame, but I really wanted to hear your take on it, Lawrence. Can you throw up the, uh, the vomit one that I made? Diabolical throw trade. Up throw up. Okay, so here's what we got. We got a full-on <laughs> teardown. All right, we're sending out Levine. We're sending out Caruso. We're sending out DeRozan. We're sending out Vooch. All right, full-on teardown of the Bulls' top four players. In return. We are getting younger and we are getting more athletic, but we're, we're also getting shooting. And obviously this trade can't really happen now because Russell Westbrook already has been traded. But in theory, you're getting Russell Westbrook for salary filler. You're getting Evan Fournier for salary filler. You're getting a swing on Emmanuel quickly, great young player, defensive uh, up and comer, but also really good shooter and, and has some shot creation ability. Jonathan Kuminga, I think is a, really just top end prospect you you watch some of the things that he does and he just pops so i'm very high in kaminga i think he'd be a great player to start this rebuild around and then you also bring in moody who uh, has not played super well this year but athletic swingman can can create some offense for himself really good shooter and then on top of it you're looking at 2023 first round pick from the knicks you got one that is i think top 10 protected for the mavs coming in this year via the knicks You've got another Knicks pick in 25 and then the 2027 and 2029 unprotected Lakers picks. And then all this to men- not to mention Derek Rose coming home uh, also as salary filler, but just to kind of, you know, bring up the vibes a little bit. I know, I know the Bulls fans miss Derek Rose. Okay. That's, that's, a, okay, lot to, but, that's but a lot to take in. That's a lot it to is, take but in. I want you to, I want you to, before you give your answer, I want you to f- frame it within the context of, the total teardown, not whether you think they should or shouldn't do this teardown, but if they're going to do a teardown, how does this yeah. trade make you feel? Uh, well, look, to be honest with you, I feel a bit nauseous. I'm not sure if that's because of the <laughs> off milk that I had in my oats this morning, or is that just because of viewing that uh, <laughs> that massive trade that you've proposed? But um, what I'm gathering here is you've te- effectively taken some of the, the you know, that I won't say source stuff, but some of the, the, the main things that have been spoken about. So you've obviously sent to Rosen and uh, Vooch to LA. That's a thing that's been posited. Caruso to the Warriors is another thing that's been discussed. Uh, Zach and his connection to New York or the Knicks being interested in Zach is another thing that you sort of identified and tried to leverage. So I get that from that standpoint. Um, that's a lot it's of... All uh, yeah, it's well, all better than the ether. Well, look, this trade that you've put out there is so much contingent on what happens, obviously, with this... Uh, 
I like how I'm speaking about this as if your fake trade is somehow contingent on an actual real <laughs> trade that's going to happen. But obviously, if Westbrook gets traded to to the Jazz, then you know your fictitious trade is not necessarily possible. But in terms of your well, comments let's, around, let's be clear: my fictitious up, trade is not possible regardless because it's fictitious. But anyway, go on. <laughs> wow, not with that, not with that attitude. But anyways, um, sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I'm look. I'm not opposed. I guess my my official position entering uh, into the the deadline is this: like, whatever, and I've said this before, whatever trade gets me back the most value. So if that means, like, if for whatever reason I can get some a really good player, get and be a buyer at the deadline because I'm sending out not much for for someone coming back in that's really good for whatever reason. Obviously, that's pie in the skies type stuff. But if that was to happen, then cool, I'll go down that direction. Or if that's not possible, if if we can't get necessarily anything good in terms of buying value. And we can get some good stuff from a selling point of view. Then I'm, I'm cool with doing that as well. Like I'm, I'm open to business. I'm dressed to impress. I'm ready to do anything at this point because the Bulls are two games under 500. At, at the minute they approach 500, for whatever reason, somehow, some way, this team continues to stumble. So they haven't convinced me after 50 odd games that this is clearly, the, you know, the, the team that you need to be going forward with. Something needs to happen, obviously. So I'm open to ideas. I'm open to suggestions. Um, and if this is the best value play I can get at the deadline, then I'm okay with it, William. So um, I'm going to go bullish on it. Wow. I'm surprised to hear that, but I'm glad to hear it. I think if you are going to rebuild, and I'm not saying that they should, but, well, I'm not saying that they should do it all at once, like this trade. But I agree. They need they need value as much as possible. Uh, they need to jumpstart things a little bit. And so getting young players who are actually decent as it is, plus five draft picks um, to re- replenish the, the treasure trove, so to speak. Um, I just think that sets you up well for the future. It may not be quite as much as you could get back sending out, you know, individual guys. People have talked about two first round picks for uh, Caruso and things like that. But I, I think it's just kind of a fun way to kick off a rebuild. But uh, should we get to the next one? We got, I just yeah. want to say last night we were, uh, we were calling for likes and we got like 25 in the last minute because we noted that people, 150 people are watching right now and we have 36 likes. And we were saying like, maybe we'll get to our next trade as soon as we get to 50 likes or 40 likes. Well, I don't know if we want to play that game here, but well, in I mean, any event, I'm, you guys should, you guys should hit props, the like. I've brought props to this episode of the podcast. I've clearly put in you know, a tremendous amount of effort into this podcast. Surely all the people could do is just drop us a few likes. That's not too much. I've been pouring over the trade machine for days coming up with this. We're just doing so much work right now for everyone. Like surely all they can do is just drop us a like. But uh, Smash the like, guys. Smash that like button. Uh, all right, well, let's let's get to our next one, William. But time is a, time is a ticking. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll speed this up. Let's do your, your, you choose. You want one of mine, do you? Yeah, yeah, one of yours. All right. Do you want you're entering a... the uh, let the hate flow through you, <laughs> Palpatine? You're going to the dark side. Well, let's, I've see, got, let's uh... see the big one. The big one. Yeah, all right, all right, cool. I've got three. I don't know if we'll get to all three, but they're all like different levels. I've got one that seems reasonable, one that's probably not really possible or likely, and then I've got the nuclear option. So maybe, maybe Lawrence can bring up my uh, trade of Zach Levine to Brooklyn. Let's let's, let's bring this one up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's get people really mad at me now. So this deal, essentially what we're doing is we're sending Zach Levine to the Brooklyn Nets. They obviously want to make sure that they can keep 
KD around, keep KD happy. And what better way to do that than to uh, add someone like Zach Levine next to him? From a Bulls perspective, I'm getting back Fred Van, Le- uh, Van Vliet from the Raptors. I'm getting a, fut- a couple of future firsts. I'm also getting Patty Mills, Australian Patty Mills. Am I biased in that? Yes, obviously, clearly. I'm also biased in the sense that I'm bringing back Thaddeus Young to the Bulls, who we all love Thad, Thadjik. We want to see him back in a Bulls jersey. So that's what the Bulls get back in return for Zach Levine. And for the Raptors, well, they're taking on Ben Simmons' terrible contract. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sad to say that Ben Simmons is uh, cooked at this point. That um, that does hurt my feelings. But nonetheless, in, in, for them doing this sort of, uh, you know, taking on his terrible deal, they're, they're essentially getting a whole bunch of picks back in return from uh, the Nets, essentially. So the Nets are giving up draft capital here. Uh, quite a bit of draft capital, to be honest with you. Maybe they wouldn't actually do all this. But essentially, the Bulls are... Trading out Zach Levine, they're getting in a, a, a ready hand in, in from a point guard point of view in terms of Patty Mills. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Fred Flamvliet. They're getting Fred in. Obviously, Fred can be a potential free agent in the offseason. But the, the idea here is you shore up your point guard position. You you get someone who can handle the ball, get the team into offense. You can get someone who can more readily get Vooch the ball, which is clearly an issue that this team has at the moment. And, and you know, from a three-point shooting point of view, you know, Fred's probably not as good as an off-ball guy, a movement shooter, but he can obviously get up a lot of threes and those sorts of things. So um, I just like this one. Uh, I've, I've always liked Fred Van Vliet. I like the fact that he's a two-way guy. I like the fact that he's an Illinois guy as well. Um, and I just don't trust Lonzo going forward. And I would kind of prefer to have Io in more of an off-guard position, similarly with Kobe. So I just like the idea of getting Fred in and seeing what you can do with Fred and Demar and Vooch rather than Levine, Demar and Vooch. And I think it just sort of settles things whereby you don't have that two-wing scorer. You've got more of a, an aligned hierarchy, more of a balanced hierarchy in that sense. Yeah, you have to pray Fred Van Vliet, but ultimately he's not going to get a Zach Levine-type contract. So uh, that's my deal. That's my nuclear deal. Um, what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? So the last part is what I wanted to focus on, which is paying Fred okay. Van Vliet. And I think he is actually looking for that kind of deal. He's a couple years older than Zach. He's a little bit, a little bit more. Got some, he's got a little bit more miles on him. I'll put it that way. And I would be a little bit concerned to give him that kind of contract, just not knowing what his future looks like. Certainly with the rest of this team, but I do think it makes you maybe better this year. I mean, what we've seen from Zach and Demar is just that it hasn't really worked. And I think Fred operates better next to Demar. Did they have experience playing together? Was Demar still there by the time Fred got there? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't recall. Um, maybe he's rookie season or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he just he seems like the kind of player that would be able to move the ball better and play better to a system. So I like it from that sense. I actually really like it from the Raptors' perspective. I think you probably even don't need to give them that many picks because uh, they're getting ready to lose Van Vliet in the offseason. I know there have been reports that Ben Simmons' contract is like the worst in the league, that uh, it's immovable and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you're a Raptors team that likes playing with guys that are big, long, defensive-minded players that get out in transition and that don't shoot, I can't think of a a player who fits that more than Ben Simmons. It's an opportunity to rehab him with a couple more years on his contract, and they could then flip him down the line if they wanted to. Uh, I don't even know if they would need that many picks. For me... I think the Bulls could do a little bit better for Zach. It's probably not like the absolute most they could get for him. The Nets obviously really, I think, uh, maximize their ceiling. So I, I like it for all teams. I'm not in love with it for the Bulls, but um, it's definitely good. I, I like it a lot. 
Well, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so that's a half bullish, half bullshit, I suppose, based on it's your, cl- I would uh, say closer to bullish. Response. Closer okay, to bullish, cool. but not I'll take that. I'll bullish. take that. We, we, we can workshop it. But um, I mean, athlete squad in the, in the comments here saying it's terrible return for Zach. And look, I'm, I'm a... I'm a I'm I'm happy to hear feedback, constructive criticism. Um, it makes me a better person. It'll make me it'll make me a better trader or a fake trader. So uh, I appreciate the <laughs> the feedback. But um, yeah, I don't look. Maybe you can get more for Zach. I don't know. Like Fred Van Vliet in a couple firsts is to me pretty good value. Uh, Fred's not necessarily an all star, but he's on the precipice of being an all star. So he's he's in that from that point of view. Maybe he's uh, a little bit less than Zach, but obviously we saw Zach this season be a sub all star guy as well. So I don't know. Each to their own, but I I just do think if you if you could, there's been reporting around if the Bulls do anything, it's not necessarily blowing this whole thing up. Maybe they move one of the big three. Who would you move in that instance? It's it's up for debate as to who you would move. Um, there's there's pros and cons for each, but I, I went Levine this route because um clearly I'm a hater. But uh, let, let's let's pivot. Um, let's do one more reach. So let's go back to you. Uh, what, what, so we're uh, talking about uh, moving Levine. Let's go to my Kings. Trade Lawrence for Zach Levine. Okay. So that's a bunch of stuff. This is a bunch of stuff. We're going, the, the Kings are hot this year, right? I mean, they're playing really good. I think they're third in the West right now. Light the Unbelievable beam. Three, light the beam. Unbelievable three point shooting. So let's add Zach Levine to the mix. They've already thrown uh, an offer sheet at Zach Levine in the past. Um, meanwhile, the Bulls can, at the very least, try to stay competitive with. The, the court that they'd be getting back and Malik Monk, who's having a really good year, Rashawn Holmes, who, you know, has played better basketball than he is now, but he's kind of been uh, pushed to the side since they got Sabonis. So you could try to rehab him. But the real prize here is going to be Keegan Murray, who was the fifth pick or fourth pick in the NBA draft this past year, and then two future first round picks. I think young prospect plus two unprotected picks down the line is like the kind of value I would be looking at for Levine. Um, you throw in Dragic and Javante Green to make the salaries work and incentivize the the Kings to give up those picks. They've been a lot more shrewd of late in terms of the the moves that they've made on the fringes and the draft picks that they've made. So um, I think you you probably have to sweeten the pot with those two guys. But I think this could make you could keep you competitive enough to stay in the playing race while also setting you up well for the future. What do you think? My instant reaction to this one was, I hate this for the Kings. And I know this is a Bulls podcast, so maybe that's a, a good thing for us in that sense. But I wouldn't do it if I'm Sacramento. Um, do they really need Levine, do you think? like Because they've, they've got Herder, who is, seems like a perfect complement at shooting guard to, to De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. Um, like you keep, you're keeping him in that trade, so you'd be, I'm assuming, starting him at small forward. You're putting Zach at shooting guard. You're losing Keegan Murray. So uh, from, from that standpoint, I would assume Zach takes uh keegan murray's place in that in that lineup then you got harrison Barnes at four and, and sabonis at the five like that would probably be the worst defensive team in the nba by, by a large stretch um so i actually they don't kinda, like this from the Kings already yeah true 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 um but i guess if i don't like it from a king's point of view i i guess then that means i kind of like it from a bull's point of view because i do like keegan murray that dude he's just gone so underrated for some reason this season like even though the kings are doing the like having an incredible season for whatever reason murray himself isn't getting a lot of rookie of the year's buzz and not maybe he might he won't obviously beat paolo out for that but like he's been i don't know like 
I guess you got Matherin as well. But beyond those two guys, like is Keegan Murray the best rookie so far this season? He, he just might be. So he's been fantastic for him, for, for them rather. Uh, I like Keegan Murray a lot. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, you had in the deal. That's a potential option there for, for if you lose a Vooch, that's a good backup solution there. The picks, obviously, given that it's the Kings, uh, I don't know if uh, I, I would be confident in them stuffing it up in the future. Who knows? But I like this deal. For the Bulls, I think it's bad for the Kings. So, but this is a Bulls podcast, so I'm going bullish on it. Love it. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe the Kings don't do it, but like there are only so many opportunities to get a star player in Sacramento. You have a big three built around Zach, De'Aaron Fox, and Sabonis, uh, plus Herder, plus you know some of the other high level shooters that they have there. I think that's like a really really potent offense, and that's kind of what they're going for this year. Yeah, I think they probably want Caruso, to be honest with you as well. So maybe you'd have to sub out Dragic and give him Caruso or something like that because uh, as Connor in the comments notes, you, you, you're you giving up Keegan Murray, who clearly has a, a high ceiling or he's going to be a very good player. You're giving up two firsts. Now, obviously, you, you're trading out Zach, but uh, the, the Kings aren't giving up some stuff in there. So I think there is potential to to work around that deal anyway. But uh, let, let's hit on my final one anyway. Um, let's let's go let's go Jarrett Vanderbilt, uh, uh, Law. So we've got our athlete squad again in the comments mentioning the uh, the idea of bringing Jared Vanderbilt into the Bulls. And this is the guy I want. Now, clearly, when I say I want, obviously there's a lot of things I want, uh, but I'm under the impression that the Bulls are not doing anything notable. If anything, it's going to be something around the margin, something to, to reinforce the bench. I don't think that one of the big three are getting moved or anything of that nature. Um, so it's going to be something smaller of 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 stuff of substance, and I just love Jared Vanderbilt. I love the way he plays. Uh, to me, he's almost like a bigger Javante in some senses, maybe even a bigger Derek Jones Jr. And that's who I'm who I'm effectively trading out from the Bulls. I'm trading Derek Jones Jr. Uh, and a couple second round picks deep into you know 27, 29. Maybe that's an egregious thing to do, given maybe where the Bulls will be out at that point, but the Bulls don't necessarily have a lot of seconds. So you have to throw them out from that point of view. There has been reports out there that the the that a, a Western Conference team is prepared to offer multiple second round picks for, for Jarrett Vanderbilt. So this kind of feels like an okay value play based on the source reporting we've seen out there currently. Now, as we've also said on this podcast, maybe Vanderbilt is getting moved to the Lakers or to the Wolves or whoever it might be in this three-team three team deal that we discussed earlier. But assuming that wasn't to happen, assuming that deal was to fall through, I love the idea of adding Jared Vanderbilt to this team because the Bulls need some, some reinforcements at power forward. Uh, Pat has clearly taken steps this season. Um, there has been growth in, the, in, in, in Pat's game. But the fact that the Bulls continue to operate in a situation where his only credible backups at power forward are Javante Green, who is six foot four, and Derek Jones Jr., who plays center at times at six foot five. Like you have no option but to play Pat at power forward, which we obviously want to do. We want to give him as many minutes as possible. We want to get that development going. But as we saw yesterday, like there's going to be matchups which don't necessarily always make sense for Pat, or maybe he's just having a bad game. Like he was yesterday uh, against Jaron Jackson in that first half in particular. Like that's an opportunity where you could throw out Jaron Vanderbilt to play some power forward, power forward minutes next to Vooch. He fits next to Vooch perfectly. Uh, and the thing I love about Jaron Vanderbilt as well, like he can even play him at center as well. So everyone knows I'm not the biggest Drummond guy. Um, so if I'm Bill, Billy, and I, I wish I was, because uh, he's a beautiful, beautiful man. But like if I was Billy, I would be going small ball because I love small ball. And Jaron Vanderbilt is a great 
small ball center, particularly on the second unit. So I love this deal. Is it is it plausible? Is it real? I don't know, but I'm extremely bullish on it. Of course I am because I created the deal. But what do you what do you think, William? Does, does this make sense? I think it makes sense. I think Vanderbilt is um, getting a little overrated. He's still an incredible defensive player, but I think there's a reason why he can't really play as much on the Jazz when they have Kelly Olynyk and Walker Kessler uh, and Larry Markkinen playing as well as they are. Like, I actually kind of disagree with the idea of him as a small ball five because he's really good on the ball, but I don't think his room protection instincts are quite there. Um, that being said, I mean, Derek Jones in two seconds, sign me up. Like, that, that's that's a huge upgrade on the perimeter. To your point, they absolutely need that. And, I mean, he's still 23 or 24 years old. I mean, there's a ton of upside there. Um, he's starting to develop a corner three. The Bulls are going to lack corner three or just three-point shooting in general, but, like, you're, you're swapping him out for Derek Jones. So it's not really that big of a gap, if, if at all. So I like it. Um, like Vanderbilt a lot, but I, I do think he's getting slightly overrated. Fair enough. Well, the one flaw to my trade there is that it adds money to the Bulls' books. Uh, $1.1 million the Bulls will add in that trade. It gets them ever so closer to the tax line. They're $1.7 million under, so technically you would remain under, but um, I could imagine a Reinsdorf or two would be starting to, to sweat some bullets there in if this trade were to be approved. But nonetheless, uh, we, may, we may sneak in a few more in the next segment, but um, let's keep things rolling. Let's do a few more ad reads. We might get to, to a few more tra- fake trades as well. But uh, first, I want to tell everyone about our friends here at Green Ridge Farm. You know it by now, but Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you the best all-natural options. They are the makers of all-natural deli meats, sausages, and of course, they're famous famous world famous meat sticks they are perfect for tailgating happy hours school lunches when you're at the beat you want to get some food in you on the beat at the bulls games or when you're podcasting importantly when you're podcasting you want to be eating a beautiful green ridge meat stick so all of these meat sticks they come packed with 16 grams of protein so even in a post-workout then the the perfect perfect snack and william i believe you had a gym session earlier which is why you were slacking uh, responding to my dms or you weren't as as punctual as I would have liked you in terms of responding to my DMs, but I believe it's because you were at the gym and I believe also you happened to eat a meat stick afterwards just to get that 16 grams of protein. Is that a factual statement? Um, I would love to say that that was factual, but I had to settle for a, a worse source of protein in a protein bar and I regret it. I wish I had meat sticks on me. Well, next time, uh, let's, next let's time collect that. I'm ordering some meat sticks. Uh, correct that error next time. Get get one of these Green Ridge Farm meat sticks down your go. But uh, look, if you haven't tried them, um, you don't you really don't know what you're missing. Obviously, support a local business, support a Chicago business, get some great products. And the best thing about this whole thing is right now, when you order three any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using promo code CHGO checkout. It's really that simple, folks. So uh, we recommend it. Obviously, Matthew Peck recommends it. Um, and you should go out and try it. But uh, William, can you tell our friends about FOCO? I will, but first, one more time, hit the like, guys. We got 64 of them so far. We got 200 people watching. Hit the like. Um, FOCO, our friends at FOCO are fantastic, and they've got you covered with the best sports gear around. FOCO uh, has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, the north side or the south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads and everything in between. 
get decked out like Demar, the most comfortable athlete in all of Chicago, with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles. That's Foco. Go find the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, for the Bulls fan in your life. Whatever it is, Foco's got you covered with hoodies that fight like Michigan Breeze. It's getting a little warmer here, but you could always wear a hoodie. So check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Perfect, perfect. All right, let's let's keep this thing rolling. Let's keep talking. Uh, obviously, deadlines. There's. I was hoping there'd be some breaking news here live on the podcast, but uh, Twitter is back and running. And running, it seems. But so far, there has been no trade news to report uh, live, at least, and seemingly for the Bulls as well. There hasn't been a lot of a lot of reporting in the last couple of days suggesting anything happening on the Bulls front. Uh, at least, no credible reporting from my perspective. So. Uh, it just sort of lends to the it lends credence to the fact that we probably should be expecting a very very quiet deadline. Uh, Casey Johnson, Jamal Collier, amongst others, have sort of suggested that nothing notable is on the cards. Of course, they sort of left the door open to suggest that maybe something happens, maybe something comes their way last second that uh, maybe they hit the go button on. But they're kind of bracing us for a very quiet deadline, which we all kind of feel is going to be the case anyway. Uh, William, your thoughts on that? If that were to play out, that potentially this this were to be a quiet deadline, how would the, how would that make you feel? I think I I sort of alluded to this last night. I think they should make a move. I think they kind of need a talent infusion, or really just like a, a hope infusion. Like I think this team <laughs> seems a little beaten down by their record, by the way they finished last season, by their playoff performance against the Bucks, and now. 26 and 28, every time they start to figure something out, they immediately go away from it. Every time they get close to 500, they go on a three-game skid. Every time they have a great win, they have two terrible losses to show for it. And I think it's weighing on them. It's weighing on the fans, that's for sure. Um, I, I think a talent infusion would do them more than just, you know, whatever it adds on the floor, but I think it would help out a lot in terms of the locker room and the camaraderie. Um, not to say that there's anything wrong or broken in the locker room from what I've seen, but I just think that that kind of talent infusion would really help them. Um, that that being said, I don't expect them to do anything. If you put a gun to my head and said, you know, how many moves do you think the Bulls will make? How many different players will be on the roster by tomorrow at 2 p.m.? I would probably go zero just because I think it's a really difficult time to make those moves. Sure, you might get one team that's super desperate and they overpay for somebody. But my guess is that if there are going to be major moves to this roster, major changes to this core, it's going to happen over the summer. And I would be less surprised if something happened at the deadline. Um, but I would be really surprised if, if they went into the 2023-2024 season with the same group. I think that would be uh, – the alarm bells would start – to sound, I think that would be real reason for concern if we finish out the season the way that it has been going so far and the way that it seems like it will continue to go because this is who they are at this point. So um, the longer this drags on, fine. I think that's kind of how this season is going to be. But if we head into next season and and things are looking the way that they are, uh, I think that's when you start to sound the alarm bells. Yeah, definitely. And as Eco Bean is sort of suggesting here in the, in the comments, the Bulls have been bad since Jan 22. So I, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but uh, they're effect- the, the win record essentially since Jan 22 is somewhere in the vicinity of like 
uh, like 34 and 44 or something like that. It's not exactly yeah, like eight, that, but eight and 15 to end last year yeah. and 26 and 28 now. So yeah, eight, eight, eight and 15 post the deadline last year. But I mean, if the, the losing really started in January of 22. So as you can be notes, we've got a full year of data here. You went even longer than that in your story yesterday. Where yeah, I was just about to say. You had the win-loss the Bulls, record of this franchise post-Jordan, which is not very tasty either. The Bulls are 883 and 1,064 over the last 25 years, 2.5 decades, mm-hmm. on pace for 37 wins. And guess what? They're on pace for 39 wins this year. So more of the same pre-Garpax, post-Garpax. Like this is what this team is and what it has been. Um, and what I don't want to see is them just continue on this same cycle. So if that means tear it all down and do that first trade that I suggested for all the draft picks and young players, like, okay, because that's a, that's a, that's a swing. Um, if it means trading, uh, for, I don't know, Kevin Durant, fine. That's a big swing. Let's, let's go for it. Um, I, it could get you in trouble the way that, you know, the Vooch trade kind of got this team in trouble, but, um, I do think that they there needs to be some urgency. I, I am prepared for that to not happen tomorrow, but I think at, at the uh, draft and free agency and, and led, leading into next season, there, there mm. should be something. Yeah, okay. Well, look, I mean, even from... And I was, I was going on a tweet storm yesterday, doing all my cap numbers, plugging it all into the spreadsheets, being an absolute dork about it, but I kind of feel like they have to do something just purely from an asset management play. Like... But let's just for a moment just park the idea of getting better at the deadline, getting worse at the deadline, thinking buyers, sellers, all that sort of stuff. Let's like just park that for the moment. Even just from like a pure cap perspective, it kind of feels like they have to do something because I mean, if the idea is to retain guys to and because you want to re-sign them in the offseason, I don't even know if that's feasible given that the Bulls are most likely going to enter the offseason above the cap next season. That's before you've re-signed Vooch. That's before you've some re-signed uh, Kobe, Javante, Io as well. Now, obviously, you don't have to re-sign them all. But if you want to even re-sign three of those four guys or even two of those four, you're getting very, very close to the tax line. So if for whatever reason, like you want to pivot just purely from a avoiding the tax or you know, m- making sure that you don't want, or want to stay under the tax and you can't necessarily re-sign everyone, if you know that you don't have that uh, that room to re-sign everyone because you can't go above the tax line because this ownership group never pays the tax and why would they for this particular team? But if you know that's already in place, then like why not trade someone like Kobe White, for example? And I understand that Kobe's been playing a lot better and maybe it makes sense to keep Kobe, on, Kobe White beyond, the, uh, beyond this season. But if for whatever reason you're bringing everyone else back and like I said, you can't necessarily afford to pay Kobe because of the restrictions that ownership put on this team, or maybe it's Io, whoever whoever it may be, then why aren't you dealing them now for, I don't know, whatever you can get for them? It might not be a first-round pick. It might not be for much at all. But I'd rather have a second-round pick for Kobe White than losing him for nothing in, in free agency because you don't want to pay him sort of thing. So uh, I can get into more detail on that maybe on another show in terms of the numbers. But it just like from a pure cap, asset management point of view it kind of makes no sense to do anything any from that point of view either so uh i mean you're, you're yeah, absolutely right you you are locked into this group and in order to sort of you know not fall into the bird rights trap you, you have to protect your assets and if they do that they go into the tax 
you can't bring back Vooch and Kobe and Io and Javante and stay under the tax. I mean, that that's just kind of what it's going to be. And so in order to avoid that, which, you know, they want to, they need to make some moves in order to um, raise their ceiling. They need to make some moves. So I think it, it does benefit them on both sides of that to um, either come to terms on a super team friendly agreement with Vooch and this, this summer with Io and with Kobe, but I, I just don't see that happening. And so you have to start planning ahead, especially when, you know, just, it does not seem like Lonzo is going to be able to come back this year. Uh, so you know, maybe he's ready next year, who knows, but like, you just have to start planning ahead. And I think the cap perspective of it does put a little bit more urgency there. Um, would you let Vooch walk for nothing or would you trade him now? Would you let Caruso's value uh, you know, get lower and lower over the next however long, or maybe he gets injured or he stops shooting 40% on threes to where now you can't sell him at his absolute peak value. Uh, there's some really big decisions here that go beyond like we're going to try to get into the play in this year. And that is where to me, things get really interesting. And I, I, for me, that's going to be the justification of any move if we see one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, this can go a number of different ways, which is the the fascinating part of it all. Which way it goes, obviously, time will tell. We're, we're less than twenty four hours into this whole thing, but uh, we'll find out shortly. But yeah, I, like I just it, for a number of different reasons. Like I said, even just from a pure cap point of view, you have to do you have to do something, assuming you want to maximize maximize the value of your guys. And uh, you know, our friend here in the comments, Monster Atomic Mutant Lake Fish. I'm not suggesting that we should trade Kobe. But like, if you're not necessarily going to re-sign him in the off season, and you just let him walk, then why why would you get to that? If you if you kind of know that's what's going to happen because you can't pay him, then do a deal now. Like, uh, yeah, okay, maybe we could keep Kobe, but if that's not the plan, then recoup some damn value. That would be nice. Uh, that way we can get some more fake first round picks so that we can include them in our terrible fake trade. So. Look, we're, we're not expecting much. Uh, well, I'm not expecting much. William, I, I assume you're not expecting much anyway. But final predictions before the deadline? I'm going no trades. No trades? I'm going one trade. I don't know what it will be, I, but I think it'll be a, a move on the periphery for some veteran guard who may or may not play, may or may not necessarily help, and hopefully is not one of us. That's my hope for this stage. But um uh saitama king in the the comments saying i'm glad you guys are not gm (laughs) well (laughs) look maybe maybe that's fair not not to suggest that maybe the the current guys in place at the moment have done a a bang-up job either but um shall we close this this uh deadline podcast with uh one more just beautiful fake trade that maybe we can get our friends here in the comments over the line and maybe they will at the end of this podcast endorse us to be gms of the of the, of of the Chicago Bulls. Clearly, I'm dressed and ready to be a GM. Maybe I need more experience. Need to get better at these fake trades. But uh, William, this is why executives have you know people in place who can hit the buttons on these sorts of things. So if I was to be the executive vice president of the Chicago Bulls, I would bring you along as GM because you, I would have you in there on the day to day, sort of coming up with these fake trades. So maybe we can show one last William Gottlieb masterful trade here. Have you got one more for us, Lawrence? Do your thing. Why the hell not, guys? Why the hell not? Uh, we're cooking now. We're cooking now. So take us through this one, uh, William. Uh, well, the Bulls get Kevin freaking Durant. <laughs> and they 
trade for him by sending Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, and three first-round picks. You could throw your swaps in. You could throw all the seconds. Those are the three first-round picks that the Bulls are able to trade right now. Their 2023 first is owed to the Orlando Magic, and their 2025 is owed to the San Antonio Spurs. So starting in 27 and 29, they're able to send out some picks. Kevin, you know, who knows what's going on with him after the Kyrie saga. Um, he may not want to be there as the as the one alpha. So maybe he wants to join Vooch and Damar as uh, the third alpha here in Chicago. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to tweet this out and see what the people think. <laughs> I hope you get so much pushback from people telling you you can't trade Patrick Williams for, for Kevin Durant. That's my hope. That's my hope that uh, people push back on it from that point of view. I mean, KD is what, like 47? Patrick Williams is only like 17. So... From that Patrick from that point 19. of view, it's not a, a good value play. But um, if you guys like yeah. this trade, hit the like button. Yeah, definitely, definitely hit the like button. I mean, and hopefully, Saitama King, that we have now convinced you after you've seen that amazing, definitely possible trade that we are fit for business here. So uh, I like that one. I'm I'm bullish on that on on that trade. Uh, I definitely think it's plausible. Absolutely. <laughs> but let, let's get it done. But obviously. Uh, I'm glad we ended this podcast this way. This is the only way this podcast could have possibly ended. And to be honest with you, the next 22, 20, 21 hours, whatever it might be to the deadline, it's going to be a fun time. Well, maybe for other teams, hopefully for the Bulls. We'll see what it will, will, will actually transpire. But nonetheless, as we mentioned from the top, we here at CHDO will have you covered on all things related to the trade deadline. Matt, Dave, William here, they'll be back 1 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, to take you through the trade deadline special. That'll be happening live as the, the whole thing is playing out. The guys will be here giving your or their live reactions in terms of what actually happens. So uh, that'll be a fun two-hour show. Then obviously pre-game for Bulls Nets and post-game for Bulls Nets as well. Uh, so we've got you covered here on CHGO. So thank you everyone for tuning in to, to, to William and I today. Thank you for Lawrence for producing, our friends at DraftKings for supporting the show. Um, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, wherever it might be, some rate and reviews would be helpful as well, friends. But um, on your way out as well, hit the like button on YouTube too. But uh, William, thank you for all your fake trades. Um, if one of them goes down, you know, I think we are ready for the. I think we are ready for the uh, for the mantle, the ultimate mantle here. But um, I'm I'm ready to step up to the EVP role. And guys- uh, Lawrence, do you want to be part of our our, our front office? No, uh, but uh, thanks to the <laughs> Baconator for the uh, $5 Super Chat saying, this is just for Agent M's outfit. Have you received your Neuralizer yet? Hey, I, I am not I'm a part of the Neuralizer you after all these fake trades. I'm not a cop. I'm not a cop. I'm here just to do deals. I'm not a cop, all right? I've, I'm giving off the wrong wrong vibe, clearly. I'll have to uh, I'll have to adjust my suit next, next deadline. Deal, I'll be baby. wearing something differently. But um, again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, like I said, the guys will be back tomorrow to take you through deadline. Until then, enjoy the trade deadline, and we'll speak again very soon, Bulls fans.